0: Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at WBEZ.org slash events.
1: I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Lawmakers passed the $900 billion COVID-19 stimulus package Monday night, In a bit, Bloomberg columnist Joe Nacerra explains how and why this package is fantastic for the airlines while leaving restaurants in the dust. But nothing can move forward until President Trump signs it. 24 hours ago, that seemed like more of a question of when, not if. But last night, he made clear that he doesn't like what lawmakers have come up with.
2: I'm asking Congress to amend this bill and increase the ridiculously low $600 to $2,000 or $4,000 for a couple.
1: Trump called the package a disgrace, but didn't mention a veto. So we reached out to Arthur Delaney. He's the congressional reporter for HuffPost. And I asked him, what exactly is going on here?
0: If he wanted $2,000 checks in this bill, he could have had them. He could have picked up the phone at any time over the past few months and said, this is what I want. And Democrats wanted it if the president went for it. He could have pretty easily gotten Republicans to go along with it, too. But he didn't. He had no focus on this. He spent all this time whining about how he lost the election. And so Republicans and Democrats on Capitol Hill did the deal without him. But they did have uh, the Treasury Secretary, you know, a party to the agreement. And we had assumed, based on what the Treasury Secretary was saying, that Trump was going to sign this. That's what they said. And then after the fact, in, like, the lamest Monday morning quarterback you've ever seen, he makes this weird four-minute video on Twitter. And then at the end, he's like, uh, you know, if you don't do this, you know, maybe the next administration will have to do it, and maybe that will be me. It's just a a totally psycho situation. Uh, But you're right. He didn't mention that he'd do a veto. So we don't actually know what's going on.
1: So, yeah, Congress passed the package with a veto-proof majority. Is this just noise then from President Trump?
0: It quite possibly is. A lot of people say, you know, he's just saying weird stuff to distract us from something. And I usually think it's not the case. I don't think he's strategic at all. However, yesterday evening, he pardoned a bunch of criminals who in no way deserved it. You know, it wasn't the pardon power is normally something that a president uses to send a message about legislation. You know, this person was sent to prison uh, according to a law that I think is unfair, like Barack Obama freeing people who were sentenced unfairly for crack cocaine. But yeah. these were just criminals who were his supporters and cronies. And so he's created a huge spectacle at the exact same time he did these pardons. So it's it's possible this is just a show and he'll uh, buckle and sign the bill, which he has done before. He has said... Mm-hmm. Well, I don't like this, and then signed it.
1: Okay, so this this might be another instance. You know, I I think everyone expected him to sign the bill by this point. How long does he actually have to decide?
0: So the COVID bill was part of a government funding bill, and they are operating on a short-term funding plan that lasts uh, for another three days. So there's not much time. And there's the question of whether he, w- he will actually veto this or try to do something called a pocket veto. And it's not clear if he would be even able to do that in these circumstances. It's, it's a, a very uncertain situation. You've also got now members of Congress reacting to what he's doing and saying that they will do this or that on the House floor based on what he said. Mm-hmm. And, and even that is uncertain.
1: So if he continues to wait, Arthur, will the $600 checks and other relief, will, will that be delayed? Because people were supposed to start receiving checks as early as next week.
0: I think the IRS can still send those checks pretty fast, even if he waits a few days. Like I, I think that's still a possibility. But definitely, the longer he waits, uh, the more time people have to wait for this assistance. So it's it's pretty callous. If he's just going to fold, he's wasting our time.
1: And so to be clear, what happens if he does decide to veto? Because my understanding is a lot of lawmakers, and you've you've mentioned some of this already, they've already gone home to their districts for the holidays.
0: They would have to come back and override the veto. He has also said he's going to veto a defense bill. And they had already said, well, we'll just come back and override your veto. The stage is already set for that to happen. And it would be a chore for members of Congress, but they can do it. And he would look like a huge loser. So I, I question whether that's really his plan. It seems like he's doing this in a less disciplined, more lazy sort of way. Yeah. And uh, I think the possibility that he'll fold is is, uh, is a real
1: one. So what are you hearing from leaders in Congress about what the president said?
0: Well, what they're doing is uh, taking his comments about $2,000 checks. And this is just a bonanza for Democrats. This is what they wanted in the first place. A bunch of Democrats actually had drafted legislation for $2,000 checks. So Speaker Pelosi is saying, let's do this. We can pass this through the House by unanimous consent. And now there's some back and forth over whether she has the buy-in of the Republican leader in the House, whether she can do this without him. So it's just going to be, uh you know, for as long as Trump wants to wait, it's additional days of political pain for Republicans because the truth is they're the party that doesn't like this extremely popular policy of yeah. sending everybody $2,000.
1: So final prediction from you, Arthur, how do you think that this is going to play out?
0: <laughs> well,
1: well, I was dare <laughs> I, so that... I ask. I, I, I'm almost like <laughs> worried. He's,
0: okay. I, I will boldly predict because it's Christmas time <laughs> yeah. that he's going to fold but I've made a lot of wrong predictions before. But this is based uh, partly on the fact that he has folded after saying he didn't like some big bill that absolutely had to pass, and he folded because he wanted to go golfing at Mar-a-Lago. So that's my prediction.
1: All right. That's HuffPost congressional reporter Arthur Delaney. Arthur, thanks for being our guide to this stimulus package throughout this months-long process, and you have a great holiday.
0: Merry Christmas. Thanks so much.
1: Now, getting back to the details of the plan, we've covered a lot of angles on Reset this week, what it could mean for food pantries, renters, public transportation, and small businesses, including independent music venues. The plan also helps out the airline industry to the tune of $15 billion. Bloomberg opinion columnist and longtime business journalist Joe Sara has a few thoughts on that piece of the story, and he joins us now. Hi, Joe. Welcome to Reset.
2: Thanks for having me, Sasha. How are you?
1: Doing very uh, well. <laughs> You're already I try chuckling. Trying to
2: laugh as much as uh, <laughs> your previous guy.
1: <laughs> well, well, let's dive right in. You have uh, a provocative new piece out. It's called "Why Airlines Outrank Restaurants in Relief Money," where you point out how and why the airline industry has gotten what seems like a really sweet deal in this stimulus package. Walk us through what the plan does for the airlines.
2: Sure. The airlines are going to get $15 billion. This is on top of the $25 billion they got back in the first round, March and April. And that money is supposed to be spent on uh, paying employees, and particularly laid-off employees. So basically, Delta hasn't laid off anybody, and Southwest hasn't laid off anybody. American and United have laid off a combined 32,000 people. So those 32,000 people are going to come back to work. What they're going to do... Only the Lord knows, because it's not like it's going to put more people in the the seats. It's not like it's going to bring back flights. There's just going to be 32,000 people getting paid to do nothing. In the middle of this pandemic, anybody who gets aid, that's fine. But consider this. Fifteen billion dollars divided by thirty two thousand is almost five hundred thousand. So basically five hundred thousand dollars is being paid for each person who's coming back to work. And all the rest of that money is being paid to people is, is gonna go to people who are already being paid by the airlines. So wow. it's a transfer of payment from the airlines to the federal government.
1: Now you also compare what airlines got in this deal to what restaurants are getting. What did right, you find? Which is
2: Which is nothing. (laughs) I mean, yes, I shouldn't say nothing. They're getting a three-martini lunch tax break, which is what Mitch McConnell wanted. So the amazing thing about the restaurant situation is that after the first round of PPP, the program that was supposed to help small businesses, Restaurants had a hard time with that. First of all, a lot of them didn't get it in the first place because they're competing with all these other businesses. And second of all, the PPP program doesn't really work very well uh, for restaurants because many of their employees get below minimum wage and make most of their money on tips. So it, it doesn't really compute. So the restaurant industry, led by a bunch of restaurateurs, including in Chicago, Kevin Bayham uh, of the Boca Group, got together, they formed an organization, they came up with a plan, a $120 billion plan, to help local restaurants, right? The plan actually got through the House, it had more than 50 co-sponsors in the Senate, bipartisan, but... Mitch McConnell and a few others didn't want it, didn't like it, and so it went nowhere. So restaurants have really been left holding the bag, even as the airline industry uh, has been basically gotten an enormous gift that they didn't necessarily even need from Congress.
1: Yeah, and I think it's fair to say the restaurant industry will take a very, very long time to recover from this. We, we talk about 32,000 airline jobs lost. One estimate. Joe, suggests that more than 2 million restaurant jobs are lost That's
2: right. And not only that, restaurants employ more people than the airlines do. And yes, airlines are vital to our national economy, but so are restaurants. Restaurants are at the heart of every big, vital American city. You can't have a great city without great restaurants, or good restaurants for that matter.
1: Mm. And, we all, we um, all have a favorite spot or two, for sure, that, that's closed now during, during the pandemic. So,
2: I mean, I'm a New Yorker. If I walk up and down the streets of New York, I see one after another, not closed temporarily, but closed permanently. 110,000 restaurants nationwide are estimated to be closed permanently mm-hmm. uh, at this point. It is really a tragedy. And you just have to wonder how long the restaurant business is going to take to come back. After this, and how many great restaurateurs are going to wind up never being in the business again?
1: Well, one of the arguments for helping the airlines is that it's expected to take years for the industry to recover. Now, you cite some figures. You said air travel is down two thirds. Um, one trade association says the industry won't fully recover until 2024. Do you buy that argument?
2: I, you know what? It's really hard to know, and I'll tell you why. I know a lot of lawyers, and they tell me that Zoom has changed their lives. Yes, you still have to travel for a trial, but they're never going to travel again for a scheduling conference in uh, across the country. And they're never going to travel for sort of minor depositions or minor discussions that once— needed travel. So one the question that I have is you know, how much business travel is going to end forever because of the what we learned in the pandemic. And I think that pleasure travel will come back pretty quickly because people are going to be desperate to go on vacation, to go to Disney World, to you know, just to get out of their house and get on an airplane to go somewhere. But business travel has always been the heart and soul of the airline's profits. And that is what's gonna tell whether whether the airlines come back sooner or later.
1: Joe most restaurants They're small businesses, right? Actual small businesses. The airlines, including United, which is based here in Chicago, are behemoth corporations, right? And so you write, quote, influence wins again. What does that look like on the ground? Is it aggressive Uh, lobbying?
2: it's It's pretty simple. Airlines have been dealing with Congress and the White House for decades. They have a full raft of lobbyists. They give campaign contributions. They know how to get their way in Washington, and they have forever. Restaurants don't have that kind of clout. They do have uh, an organization, but it doesn't seem to have anywhere near the clout of the airline lobby. And so it's easy for airlines to get in to see their local congressmen and say, this is what we need. It's a lot harder for restaurants to do the same.
1: Well, here in Chicago, Mayor Lightfoot did find some money for restaurants, but the city budget is in a lot of pain right now. What could be done to prop up the restaurant industry, Joe? At this point, is it up to state and local governments?
2: State and local governments are just not going to have the kind of money that's required to help the restaurant industry. They're just not. The great model on this, I mean, I'm sure you remember the incredible Gulf oil spill that BP caused some years ago. What that company did was they paid small businesses that were damaged from the oil spill based on their revenues from the year before. So if the year before the spill they had, you know, $500,000 in revenue, and after the spill they only had 300000 then they got paid 200000 The federal government could very well do something like that for the restaurant business. They could say, let's look at your 29 revenue from March to December. Now let's look at your uh, 2020 revenue from March to December, and we'll make up the difference. That could work. That would work. but. The government has to have the the will, and it would cost, it would definitely cost over $100 billion, but the government would have to will, the will to do it. But the government certainly could do it if it wanted to.
1: That's Bloomberg opinion columnist Joe Nassara. Joe, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me. And that's today's Reset. We're going to take a few days off for the holiday. So here's what I think. Put your social media and your podcast down for a bit. Spend the time with your immediate family if you can, and call or zoom with friends or family that you don't live with and make yourself a great meal or support a restaurant and order in then come back monday we'll have a brand new conversation waiting for you in your feed and we'll pick up where we left off talking to interesting people about stories and ideas that affect your life i'm sasha ann simons for everyone at reset happy holidays and we'll meet again soon